2: Brian Kilmeade.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the latest moments, the latest weeks of the Brian Kilmeade Show. I hope you had a great weekend. We're back in action. I'm sure you didn't take a weekend off because the news never stops, and we have a lot of breaking news to cover today. Bottom of the hour, maybe the next Senate candidate, uh, J.D. Vance, venture capitalist and author of Hillbilly Elegy, which is a great movie. Uh, You should check it out. Although it's not uh, necessarily a motivational movie, uh, except for when you look at J.D. Vance's life, but it is kind of... Um, it's well acted, put it that way. And there's a reason why the Hillbilly Elegy was a bestseller for about five years. Uh, and we'll go talk about all that and all as well as take your calls. And keep in mind, you can always get the show on a podcast, com. So let's get to the big three.
2: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. If
3: you ever say, well, he's better than a Republican again,
4: I'm going to say you're better than a child rapist. How about that? Our line is going to be that we have differences with you, but our differences with Republicans are far greater. I think you're better than a child
3: Do you believe this? That's 2018. Governor Cuomo being a child and being a, a juvenile... And threatening the Workers' Party, which is a left-wing party in New York City, in New York State, rather, because they wouldn't endorse him. That's how he deals with left-wing groups. Can you imagine how he deals with right-wing groups or anybody else? You don't have to imagine. It's all coming out. Another day, by the way, another accuser and another leak of that audio you just heard of his bullying tactics. Protests calling for Governor Cuomo's uh, ouster grew over the weekend. Now, with multiple investigations, including by the FBI... Isn't it time for him to go? Number two.
5: I don't think we're going to have a fourth wave. I think the fact that we have so much prior infection, we've gotten one shot in at least 70 million Americans. We're talking about some form of protective immunity in about 55% of the population.
3: Yup. pandemic progress, pressure to open up everything mounts as a fourth wave is being waved off despite Europe's troubles. And the fact check on President Biden, just how much of his current vaccine plan was actually in place when he took over we'll answer that for him
6: number one what I am seeing is the result and what we are seeing is the result of President Trump's dismantlement of the safe and orderly immigration processes that were built uh, over many many years sickening
3: that's Alejandro Mayorkas he is the HHS secretary and he is lying the border is busted And he, the secretary, is 100 percent comfortable telling us it isn't and blaming Trump, as you just heard. The problem is he's not telling the truth. We all know it. And oh, yeah, he's also done the impossible. He has every news outlet equally outraged over the barring of all media from thousands that are being detained in facilities clearly overrun. So let's get started. How bad are things at the border? There's a 30 percent increase from January to February from 100,000 now to 30,000 unaccompanied. Uh, by 100,000 and 30,000 unaccompanied minors. Right now, the U.S. government are scrambling to find beds for some 15,500 kids who have poured over the southern border. Why? Simple. Simple. Get a pen handy. If they get here, they are allowed to stay. The reason you don't say that... Is not because you have a hard heart. Is because if you say if you come, you can stay, you are giving the green light to everyone in Central and South America to come because our country is infinitely better with more opportunity than anybody else. But if everybody comes here that wants to, we no longer have a country that's sustainable. We're already $27 trillion in debt for all the promises that our social programs provide. We just wrote a check for $1.9 trillion that we don't have. And now we're spending $750 a day on every single migrant kid and person who comes across. A leaked document revealed that 823 unoccupied, uh, unaccompanied minor children have spent over 10 days in custody. Why is that a big deal? Legally, they were only supposed to spend 72 hours because it's not right. Now we have some pictures that Axios got that the media is not allowed to see. Unlike Trump, he's at that there and everyone criticized him about the border, the separation policies, kids in cages, which was inaccurate. But people are taking pictures, right? We got him. We saw him. Trump fixed it. Don't anyone tell you different. And people will tell you he fixed it who are being honest. Axios has got these pictures, and you got to see them. They are so overcrowded. They don't have enough beds. There's not enough room. Let alone are they keeping separated, and you have it out, Joe Biden. You could say, well, I have a big heart. I'm so much nicer than Donald Trump, but we're in a pandemic, so I'm going to finish the wall that you paid for, and I'm going to— Keep the policies in place. And then gradually, as vaccine spread, we'll come out with something that allows more people to come here. They say we absorb a million people a year, right? Could we do two million? Yeah. Organized? Work visas make it easier? Absolutely. And have them come back and forth? Yeah, when we need it? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Could all be done. But not like this. Not opening up the border, any kid can stay. Now what they're doing in the Rio Grande uh, Valley sector, if you come, they don't even process. They're not even giving you a ticket and fill out forms. It takes too long. So this is a problem. Everything I said is 100% accurate. Now you're about to hear something totally inaccurate. And thank goodness Chris Wallace called him out on it. Cut to.
7: Do you not see a connection between the surge in the, at the border and the policy changes that Joe Biden has made in his first two months?
6: Uh, Chris, I do not. What I am seeing is the result and what we are seeing is the result of President Trump's dismantlement of the safe and orderly immigration processes that were built uh, over many, many years uh, by presidents of both parties. That's what we are seeing, and that's why it's taking time for us to execute our plans to administer the humanitarian claims of vulnerable children.
3: Okay. He's flat out lying because he had this job before, and when he had the job before, he knew the problems. He knew when the mistakes were. He knows he's a Democrat. I get it. He knows he's not a Republican. I understand it. But when it comes to the border, it's right or wrong. Here's what Joe Biden has done. A 100-day moratorium on deportations. Even though Texas has got that stayed, the other states don't. Halted part uh, part of Title 42 that says minors can stay in the U.S. What do you think that says to Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala? ended the provision, Remain in Mexico, 71,000 people just started streaming across the border and let everybody think, if I got to Mexico, I'll be allowed through. And Mexico said, you can go. They suspended the safe third world country. What does that mean? So if Guatemala, uh, if one people from Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador cross into the other country and wanted to come here, as soon as they cross into another country, that's where you apply to come to America. Not, not allowing people to cross from country to, country to country to country to country till they get to Mexico, and then we let them into the border including illegal immigrants in the census count. That makes everybody think. If we can get a lot of illegal immigrants into places like California and Illinois and uh, other red, uh, excuse me, blue states, then they're going to count as more, and then you can get more congressmen and women. Reinstitution of the catch and release. Man, they don't even catch them now. Now they just put them through a uh, a, uh, a revolving door. Executive door reversing DACA policies. That means if you come here by your parents, you can stay. Halting construction of the border wall. You see from the drone shots that even Martha Raddatz was showing on ABC. She did her whole show down there. How the holes in the wall hurt. You might want to use the word fence, whatever is more politically correct. Do you understand that these guy, this guy is allowed to literally lie on television? So why, why do I know he knows better? Because somebody that worked with him Work with him and knows work. Uh, Mayorkas knows of system and knows exactly what he's capable of. Tom Holman, he used to run
8: the border. Cut 23. He's a different person than he was when he was vice president during the first surge in 1415. Alejandro Mayorkas is a different person than he was in FY1415 when he was deputy secretary. They know what causes surges, they know how to stop them because I was there and we stopped it. They're doing the complete opposite. Oh, will stop this surge. How do we stop in 1415 when? Mr. Mayorkas was deputy secretary. We built detention facilities, thousands of them. We held people long enough to see a judge. We let ICE remove them, and we took away the enticements. What are they doing now? They're not detaining them. They're releasing them as soon as they can, within three days. ICE has been decapitated. They lost 90% of their authority. They're not executing judges' orders. And we keep throwing out more enticements. This isn't incompetence. This is by design.
3: Hmm. Listen, what else do you need? He would work shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with a Democratic and Republican administration. He came in and advised President Trump. He came in temporarily, he extended his retirement to help President Trump. He was working with President Obama. He fixed it with the vice president. Now that he you become president, it's a mess. You know who knows it? Democrats know it. Mayor Bruno Lozano, who runs a Democratic town on the southern border in Texas, he says— uh, you have a breach of national security levels that have never before been seen in modern history. And you're not even batting an eye about it. You're not even calling it a crisis. You're calling it a, quote, unique, unquote, challenge. That is Lozano, a 38-year-old Democratic mayor uh, of a town of 35,000. There's a reason why President Trump won, I believe, eight Latino communities in Texas all around the border. They liked what he did. And mostly are Hispanic, and if they were thinking that President Trump was anti-Hispanic, they wouldn't have flipped for him. He probably would have lost Texas. Next on the coronavirus, I watch what's happening in Spring Break. Uh, I'm wondering, do you really need SWAT teams to break up people who are just hanging out? I understand about the coronavirus and the pandemic, but right now Florida is is is, we're going to see with the numbers how they're impacted. Miami does seem somewhat. Got it. But Florida's open. There was no problem with it. People coming down. I wish they could be a little bit more responsible. But I'm wondering if if SWAT teams really need to be taken out. They arrested about 50. But the good news is when it comes to the the pandemic, uh, one million are now flying on planes. Forty three million in this country are fully vaccinated. Uh, in two weeks, deaths are down 38%. Cases are down 7%. There's a slight uptick over across, across the country in cases in the last one week. But hospitalizations are also down precipitously. France is locked down again. Germany is locked down again. Holland is locked down again. The Germans are not even showing up to take the shot. So we're seeing the, our country that was so vilified and ridiculed because of the pandemic and the number of cases. We're the first to come up with the vaccine. We're implementing it at a dizzying rate, in a rate that's really making Americans feel good about it. Even though Johnson & Johnson, for some reason, is stalled, that's the single shot. And AstraZeneca has yet to be used. We have a fourth vaccine set to come online. And there's a push to get our shots in arms. I think, for the most part, the American people have to do it. Of course, it's your choice. I get it. Here's what Dr. Scott Gottlieb said. He's somebody—this guy's a truth-teller. He worked with Trump. He's advised on major pharmaceutical boards. And then he stepped outside, and he wasn't a knee-jerk critic. Cut 24.
5: More than 50% of the infections in New York we know are with variants. What we don't understand with 1526 is whether or not people are being reinfected with it and whether or not people who might have been vaccinated are now getting infected with it. I don't think we're going to have a fourth wave. I think the fact that we have so much prior infection, we've gotten one shot in at least 70 million Americans. We're talking about some form of protective immunity in about 55% of the population.
3: Now, a reality check. Why are we at this place? Combined effort. I think that... uh, Joe Biden's done some good things focusing on the vaccine. I think it's great. But not focusing on the fact that we have immunity for people that had it already doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure why. Tell me I'm going to have a cookout July 4th is just stupidity. We've been having cookouts from day one. Number two. Uh, Or number three, I should add, uh, telling us that we have to wear masks everywhere, not pushing on the unions to uh, even though you've been vaccinated, not pushing on the unions to open up their schools, stumbling on the fact that you need three feet instead of six feet. And that has everything to do with what unions were using to make sure schools don't open. Inexcusable. But remember, when Joe Biden said this on February 18th. And I was wondering where the retort was from the Trump people cut 25.
9: America had no real plan to vaccinate most of the country. My predecessor failed to order enough vaccines, failed to mobilize the effort to administer the shots, failed to set up vaccine centers. That changed the moment we took office.
3: OK, so much of that was inaccurate and unnecessary. And rather than me say it, the nonpartisan doctor. Dr. Monsif Saloui, who set up Operation Warp Speed, was interviewed by Margaret Brennan, who, by the way, on Face the Nation, did a great job with this. Let him talk. Cut 26.
10: I think that's a very negative description of the reality. I do think that uh, we had plans, and, in fact, 90% of what's happening now is the plan that we had. Uh, Of course, the first thing was to accelerate the development of the vaccine, we contracted specifically 100 million doses of vaccine, but also built into the contracts options to acquire more vaccines once we knew they are effective. And the plan was to order more vaccines when, when we knew they are more effective. So I think what's happening is right, but I think what's happening is, frankly, what was the plan.
3: You'll hear more from him, too. He defended himself in a very cerebral way. Just trying to keep politics out of it, even though Elizabeth Warren just feasted on him and his background that he had links to pharmaceutical companies. If that is a is that if that's a a, a sin, it isn't. So in terms of he knows the business, one, eight, six, six, four, oh, eight, seven, six, six, nine. And he quit that. And he's got to, took this job for no money. And everyone for now on, uh, 50% of the country, probably won't like him because he's linked to Donald Trump. They should love him because he oversaw the fastest vac- vaccination c- creation in the history of man. We're going to take your calls on all that and then touch on Governor Cuomo's uh, burgeoning scandal in just a moment. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Coming to you on a need-to-know basis because, man, do you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy,
11: and me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen
3: tables across America.
12: Download from The Kitchen Table, The Duffy's, at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.
3: As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now, Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com path.
2: breaking news unique opinions hear it all on the brian kilmeade show
4: if you ever say well he's better than a republican again i'm going to say you're better than a child rapist how about that Governor, our, I want to. I, I apologize, but I got to clarify one thing. You're free to say whatever you want, Governor. Um, uh, but, but I just, I just like want to be clear. Our line is going to be that we have differences with you, but our differences with Republicans are far greater. I think you're better than Charles.
3: See, so do you see what, what how ridiculous this guy is, a child rapist, because people don't agree with you being a so-called moderate Democrat? See, These are left-wing Democrats. They're called the Working Families Party, and that person on the line that, whose name you just heard is Bill Lipton. He was on the receiving end of another threat by Governor Cuomo. Remember, Ron Kim was threatened, too, and Ron Kim kept the tape. His wife was scared to death. They said they were going to take him apart by some nail salon scandal and destroy him if he doesn't come out in favor of Governor Cuomo, and stop criticizing him on the nursing homes. He lost an uncle or an aunt or a relative with this ridiculous nursing home policy. The guy wouldn't apologize, and his staff would, his staff or chief staffer would only apologize for the fact that it was a political problem when they ran for re-election. Here's Ron Kim this morning on Fox & Friends. Cut 30.
13: wasn't the bullying. And the moment he crossed that line and ordered me to issue a statement that covered up for his top eight's admission of obstructing justice— you know, that's what really you know, motivated and pushed me to come out in public and push back. Because, right. you know, I, I fought along with Janice Dean and others for 10 months to give these families the voice that they lacked. And then in one second, the governor wanted me to lie and cover everything up to protect him. And,
3: and he's I had to have that. And the thing is, these are left wing people that want him to be more left wing. So instead of just saying, like, what are your points? He just threatens them. Meanwhile, the New York Times reported on Friday that another woman has come forward accusing the governor of sexual harassment. Her name and current aid, the first current employee, is Alyssa McGrath. She alleged the governor, uh, ogled her body and made remarks on her looks and made suggestive comments to her and another executive aide. And there's allegedly more to come. What's it going to take? Well, there's an FBI investigation. There's an attorney general investigation. You need Joe Biden to step up and say enough. J.D. Vance next
12: from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him. You love him. You want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
6: We are executing uh, on our plan. It does take time. It is difficult. Uh, Our plan includes the deployment of the Federal Emergency Management Administration, FEMA, to assist HHS in building its capacity more rapidly to shelter the children. But it is taking time, and it is difficult, because the entire system was dismantled by the prior administration.
3: It it was not true. Uh, That is blatantly not true. It wasn't dismantled. It was no longer a holding center for other countries' youth. It because we push back, set up policies, cooperation with Mexico like we'd never seen before. At their southern border, uh, relations uh, restored aid to the triangle countries after we forced them to act with their own population and keep them back. And now the Biden administration plans to write them a big check to keep people there, which is not the point. Joining us now is J.D. Vance, venture capitalist and author of Hillbilly Elegy, columnist who might be a Senate candidate. Who knows? J.D., welcome.
14: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me.
3: Hey, J.D., is, is from what you see at the border, do you think anyone buys that it's Donald Trump's fault?
14: Uh, I, I don't think so, Brian. I mean, it's it's such a joke at this point. Every press outlet, even uh, the mainstream press that, of course, hates Donald Trump, when they go down there and they ask the Central Americans, the Mexicans, or, or the Mexicans who are coming through the southern border, why are you here? What changed? They'll tell you. They they say because Biden effectively invited us. So what happened is everyone knew that enforcement, enforcement of our border police was was a disincentive for coming. The people on our side on border protection knew it, the people in law enforcement knew it, and the people who were attempting to come across the southern border legally knew it. we remove that disincentive to come across illegally then obviously a lot of people say you know this is the time to go let's let's pack our bags and and get across the border that's what everybody's telling
3: yeah in fact listen to this these are of course through a translator what the illegal immigrants now in our custody telling the networks from nbc to cnn to fox cut one
15: some say the new president gave them hope for a life in america why did you
1: decide to come now?
9: To take advantage of the opportunity that the president has given to the people from, from, from Central America to come with their families.
1: Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president?
9: Definitely not.
1: So, did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president?
11: Basically. Basically. Uh, the main thing was the violence in my country. And the second thing, uh, I think, was Joe Biden. Uh, you know, uh, it's like a letter up my hope.
9: Biden promised that we can cross with with minors.
1: She said she heard that because of President Biden, she would be welcome.
3: Listen, you think ABC and NBC like telling that story, J.D. Vance?
14: <laughs> no, I don't think they do. And credit to them for actually telling it because and airing we're it. hearing it. So consistent. Yeah, exactly. And we're hearing it so consistently and and. Uh, you know, one of the depressing things about this, Brian, is that we know who this is enriching. Uh, it's enriching multinational drug cartels on the south of the border, and it's frankly enriching multinational American corporations on the north side of the border who love the cheap labor and don't care that it's going to cause a lot of misery for these people trying to cross in treacherous conditions or for the Americans who are going to have their communities affected by it. So it's, it's really just a classic example of really powerful interests who are benefiting from this. And the fact that it's harming a lot of people, Americans, Central Americans, uh, doesn't seem to enter the conversation.
3: No, we didn't even talk about the drugs that affected your family. Everyone watched the movie, read the book, knows that. They all come from the South. They come from China, and they come through our southern border. And as we get the unaccompanied minors and we worry about the families and who want to be caught, I worry about what doesn't want to be caught. And that's called the drug traffickers. Getting across the border, yeah. does that ever leave the forefront of your mind, how it relates beyond the border cities and people like your family?
14: No, absolutely not. You know, you hear people talk about the desire to be compassionate. Of course, we want to be compassionate to people who want to come into our country, even if we can't ultimately let them in. There's nothing nothing wrong with wanting a better life for yourself. But I, I very often hear a total absence of compassion for the people in my community who are going to be affected by this. And one of the things uh, you you would know if you you spent time in Ohio, Brian, is that uh, we've had a very bad heroin problem for the past 10, 15 years in our state, Uh, we're increasingly seeing more and more methamphetamine, which, of course, the police officers hate uh, because people on meth often come and attack and are aggressive with the police officers. So we've seen that drug start to take root in our communities, and we know where it's coming from. It's coming through Mexico. It's coming through our southern border. And I'd I'd love some compassion for the cops who have to fight this stuff, and especially for the people who are going to die because there's more heroin and more meth in our communities because we can't get control of the southern border. That's who I'd love to see some compassion
3: for. And, JD, another reason why you're a great guest today is a column that you wrote Newsweek. And you talk about going to a, a, a dinner party. Now that you're famous and successful, uh, instead of the, the working class kid trying to make his way through the military and then through a great college and then a breakthrough, uh, uh, you know, breakthrough with a great job, you got a chance to meet the, the rich and powerful. What did you discover sure. at this rich and powerful dinner, and how it relates to uh, to illegal immigration?
14: Yeah, you know, I went to this dinner uh, with with my wife. Actually, it's just funny because she usually doesn't come to me on some of these come with me on some of these things. And uh, we were at this dinner, and we were sitting next to the CEO of a large multinational hotel chain, and he was complaining about the fact that because of Trump's immigration policies, this is back in 2018, he was having to pay his workers uh, more money. That normally when he needed more workers, he could just import them through the southern border, take advantage of the fact that we have a large uh, illegal alien population, but because there were fewer of those people coming across, He had to pay his own people more money, and he seemed really mad about this. He was really bitter about that, and it kind of hit me that so much of the illegal immigration uh, conversation is really about cheap labor, about powerful people in our society who want cheap labor so they don't have to pay their own workers more money. And again, the fact that it affects workers in our country – People who are suffering with drug problems in our country uh, very often doesn't enter the conversation because the people who have power, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about the fact that we're being made to suffer so they can have cheaper labor. Uh, It's just really disgusting.
3: It is. And and this is so interesting because Marco Rubio broke the ice last week when he came out and said, you know what, I look at what Amazon workers are doing and how little they're being Mm -hmm. paid and how much Amazon is the most powerful company in the world, perhaps, maybe second, and how little they're paying their people, I support the union. And when you mm-hmm. think about the people that voted for Trump and Republicans, and that almost delivered the House and should have delivered the Senate, and got him 75 million votes, even though he was outvoted by Joe Biden, these are working class people. So... Wait a second. Why are you anti-union again? Well, you don't like their bosses, and you don't like the fact that they're forced to do wages, and you hate the stance the union's taking with teachers. But who do you actually see eye to eye with? It's the people who are rolling up their sleeves every day. This is a very interesting time for Republicans, don't you think, and for the country.
14: I think it's, that's a great point, Brian. And you're definitely seeing a big shift in our politics and who's voting for the Democrats, who's voting for the Republicans. Of course, you know Donald Trump won a majority of union households in both 2016 and 2020. That's a huge, huge shift from what it was you know 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I, and I do think that you know Republicans, of course, I'm a, I'm a conservative Republican. We have to wake up to the fact of, of who's on our side, who's actually advocating for our principles. Who agrees with our values? Is it the workers at Amazon, or is it uh, the leadership of Amazon that's funding anti-American causes? That's actively encouraging the border crisis that we have. That's suppressing conservative speech online. I know who's on our side, and I think that we need to get smarter about that fact so we can actually be on the side of the people who are really supporting conservative causes.
3: Right, and JD, you're you're in both worlds. I mean, you're you're uh, you've had success. You earned every dollar of it, and you served our country. I, I have and and you can't vilify success. That's the other problem with Democrats. They seem to be vilifying success. And number two is you've started working class, and most of your friends, I imagine, are still working class. So you see what they you see both worlds. Does that make yeah, you but- more more likely to run for uh, for that open Senate seat that that Rob Portman's giving up because you do set you have, do have a sense of service and you do have this dual vision
14: well you're you're trying to trick me there uh, brian to admit something i'm i'm not yet ready uh to declare or talk about i'm certainly thinking about running for the senate i've been pretty open about that fact and yeah, i do think that if i run one of the unique contributions that i could have is is trying to bridge that divide a little bit and getting republicans uh to to think about their working class base but you know, also hopefully lifting up the american dream and encouraging people uh, to think to think positively about the future for this country because I do think that we still have a bright future despite all of our problems. Uh, so yeah, you know that 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 I think would be a critical part of the message, but not not yet ready to say. Uh, I haven't yet decided that I'm actually going to enter the race.
3: Right. Uh, when would you do it if you did thought you going thought you were gonna do it.
14: You know, things are moving pretty fast. I think we'll probably have to you know, make a firm decision here in the next couple of months and then be public about it after that. But you know, the good thing is that over the next couple of months, I can still be out there. I can talk about issues that matter to us, uh, and I can I can still be part of the conversation. So it, it's 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 definitely moving quickly, but I don't think it's, it's moving so quickly uh, that we still can't contribute to the conversation in the meantime.
3: No, I understand that. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, too, that they, they talked about when it comes to immigration reform, if we can get to it, we want immigrants to come from other countries using work visas we want to be able to stay into the works done and we want to be able to maybe have moved the manufacturing in the big picture out of china out of maybe southeast asia and back to central america we could be attacking two issues these the, the great work ethic that most central americans have when they come here i'm sure they prefer and have pride in their country like we have in ours and they love to produce it there Wouldn't that be the ultimate goal? And Reagan talked about that, moving manufacturing uh, from overseas to our neighbors to the south.
14: You know, it's it's a really interesting point, Brian. And obviously we want more manufacturing here uh, in in the United States of America. And I do think we want more manufacturing in Central America as well. Uh, because as we've as we've learned, if you have less desperate people and less destitute economies in Central America, you have fewer people who are trying to cross the border illegally. I believe it was last week that the El Salvadoran president, of course, important Central American company or uh, country, a big source of illegal immigration, is you know, saying that that we don't want all of our people to leave our country. We actually want you guys to have a secure border. We want to have a viable economy for ourselves. Because when all the people leave El Salvador, it's terrible for you guys because you've got a border crisis. It's also terrible for us because we lose a lot of our best people, and and that's that's something we can't we can't forget here. That that one of the best. Things I think that the president Trump did with the border crisis was not just enforce the border, but actually use Mexico as a buffer so that all these Central Americans had to stay there for a little while. And if you can build up those Central American countries, increase their law enforcement, reduce the power of the cartels, uh, then that's another way of helping to address uh, the border and, and ensuring that it doesn't become the, the crisis level that it is right now.
3: All right, uh, J.D., I, I hope we stay in touch. I hopefully talk to you again we're going to host it, uh, this week at seven o'clock on primetime. And I think we're efforting to book you there, too. So uh, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck. Always great having you on.
14: Yeah, thanks, Brian. Take care.
3: You got it. J.D. Vance, uh, when we come back, I want to talk about illegal immigration and what the problem is. And the fact is we were blatantly lied to over and over again on four different channels on the, from the HHS secretary. A guy that knows the reality actually met Martha Raddatz at the border in Texas where his, around in the state that he represents, Congressman Michael McCall. Uh, here's a little of what we'll talking about when we get back.
9: In this sector alone where I used to be a federal prosecutor, spiking 230 percent from last year. There is a direct cause and effect on the messaging. But then to do away, you know, politics aside, to do away with what was one one of the most successful negotiated agreements with Mexico and Central America to remain in Mexico and apply for political asylum. But now they have created this, this crisis of children coming in.
3: Back in a moment.
9: It's Brian Kilmeade
12: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com.
2: The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
3: Hey, welcome back, everyone. 1-866-408-7669. So I just want to inform everybody. uh, I like this. Uh, The whole Chinese confrontation over in Alaska, China feels as though they got one up on us. They were a little bit aggressive, and they were mocking us on our societal ills. We should just watch what we argue about, Black Lives Matter, the brutality of the way America started uh, when it came to slavery. And uh, treatment of Native Americans that's part of our story, but man, that is not the overwhelming part of our story. Our part is story is we gave freedom to the world and showed everyone democracy could could work, and we continue to get better by the brilliance of the Constitution. we continue to change own and uh, reform and and where we are where we are right now the number one uh, economic and military power in the world and I did not mind that confrontation in Alaska. I wish we would have been a little bit more aggressive, but United States, Canada, Britain, and the European Union are set to announce an array of sanctions on China over the uh, today over what U.S. officials have called genocidal campaign against Uyghur Muslims. That, according to two people familiar with the sanctions. The sanctions are expected to vary in type. will include the Global McGinsky Mag- Act, which means uh, individuals will be sanctioned. Uh, and, of course, McGinsky was the lawyer for Bill Browder who was killed because he represented Bill Browder. Uh, the EU this morning um, approved sanctions against four Chinese officials uh, that overseeing this policy now. What's not on here is the global pandemic. For your dishonesty in poisoning the world and how it started, how much more pain and death you have caused the entire world. Even in Europe, where this missive is coming out of, nobody's here feeling it worse than the EU. Thankfully, the continent of Africa has been okay. Thankfully, New Zealand and Australia have done okay, as does uh, Taiwan and South Korea. No idea about North Korea. Anthony, listen, WVMT in Burlington, Vermont. Anthony.
13: Good morning, Brian. Uh, I love you, brother. You're the, one of the hardest-working men in show business. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to—you we were talking about the unions, and I didn't realize that Ted Cruz uh, uh, had a conversation about it. I had a conversation with my father about it. My grandfather, who was an a immigrant in, uh, from Italy, fought in World War I, and he explained to me a lot of things. I think probably a lot of my uh, political philosophies came from him. When he was in World War I and after the war and through the Depression, he felt he was a Democrat and he was a a union guy, a a big union guy. He worked in a bindery factory outside of New York. And he watched the union become powerful and corrupt. And then he watched the politicians and the union get together. And in the early 50s, he didn't feel like they were – any longer representing the working class, the, the people that had been working yep. in his generation. And so he became a Republican. And, how, and he also explained to me the philosophy of a pendulum, okay? It swings. And I do believe that, that when, when you look at it, particularly in Vermont, the ultra-wealthy are all Democrats. There's a slice of working class people, and you, it also goes back to the fact that the, two, the uh, two counties in southern Texas went for Trump this time instead of Hillary Clinton, because I'm I'm okay with with legal immigration because we all are immigrants, but particularly legal immigration from the south because they share our core tenets and our philosophy. I'm just going to add this, core, Anthony.
3: The other thing is. The, the, they always said, well, if you crack down on illegal immigration, you're going to give up on the Hispanic vote. The Hispanic people are telling you we're more complicated than that and we're deeper thinker than that. We appreciate there's a right way to come, and we appreciate that there's a wrong way to come. And jumping the line does not get them excited either, right? Isn't that the takeaway, Anthony?
13: Yeah. I mean, and and you, you, you struck the nail on the head. Everybody here— that owns a business is, is, uh, you know, things are tight because labor has gone up. The labor has gone up because there isn't a flood of cheap labor.
3: Anthony, thank you very much. And by the way, that's part of the calculus in the business plan. Uh, You listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Go to com and you can get the podcast if you ever miss us live.
12: It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. From the Fox
2: News radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade.
3: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest minutes of The Brian Kilmeade Show. hope you had a sensational weekend. We're coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. Uh, big hour coming your way. We're going to be joined by Michael Goodwin in just about a moment. Andy McCarthy, about the 21 attorney generals that are suing the Biden government. For what they are doing to this country, like, for example, destroying the XL pipeline and the chaos at the border, Uh, they're going to sue much the same way a lot of the Democratic attorney generals uh, made life miserable for President Trump. And uh, Michael Gooden was able to put uh, the Governor Cuomo's uh, series of scandals and his uh, way of— Uh, governing in perspective, as well as put in perspective what Donald Trump is actually doing, as opposed to what Joe Biden uh, might not be in charge of. So let's get to the big three.
2: Now, with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. If
4: you ever say, well, he's better than a Republican again, I'm going to say you're better than a child rapist. How about that? Our line is going to be that we have differences with you. But our differences with Republicans are far greater. I think you're better than child
3: rapist. Do you believe this guy? This is the way Governor Cuomo operates. Because a working family party, which is a left-wing party, does not agree with him in 2018. And by the way, he's a runaway winner of a re-election in 2018. He threatens them by calling them child rapists? But that's a little of the life of, uh, of a New York lawmaker. If you're in the same party and don't happen to agree with governor cuomo another day another accuser as well as a leak of the audio shows his bullying tactics now with multiple investigations including one by the fbi isn't it time for joe to tell aide andy to go number two
5: i don't think we're gonna have a fourth wave i think the fact that we have so much prior infection we've gotten one shot in at least 70 million americans we're talking about some form of protective immunity in about 55 percent of the population
3: Yeah. uh, Can you say good news? Uh, I think we should. Uh, Pandemic progress, pressure to open everything mounts as a fourth wave is being waved off despite Europe's troubles. And fact check on President Biden, just how much of the current vaccine plan was in place when you took over. We have the truth.
6: Number one. What I am seeing is the result and what we are seeing is the result of President Trump's dismantlement of the safe and orderly immigration processes that were built uh, over many, many years.
3: That is Alejandro Mayorkas. Border is busted. And the HHA secretary is 100 percent comfortable telling us it is not and blaming President Trump for everything going wrong. The problem is. He is lying, and we all know it. And, oh, yeah, he's also done the impossible. He has united every news outlet who are equally outraged by, for the first time in anybody's memory, all media is barred from all the facilities, holding the tens of thousands of illegal immigrants who have come since Joe Biden won the election and then finally took over. Joining us now is Michael Goodwin. Michael, in all my life, watching all the Sunday shows, I've never seen a sitting secretary lie to the degree— that he did yesterday, Mayorkas, and to the outrage of everyone from uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos, who happened to have Martha Raddatz, to Chris Wallace. I don't know if you had a chance to catch it. He's telling us there's no problem, and the problem was if there is one that Trump broke the system.
16: Well, good morning, Brian. Um, One way to unite the media is to insult them, apparently, uh, to insult their intelligence and tell them that uh, what they're seeing is not really true. Uh, that's Majorca's biggest problem, that it's obvious to anybody that uh, things have gotten worse. And there's no question that they got worse because... Of what Joe Biden said and what Joe Biden did, um, his his come come on in invitation was the first part, uh, and then the policy decisions he made about uh, most importantly, you know, promising not to deport anybody in a hundred days. Uh, And then uh, breaking the agreement with Mexico over the remain in Mexico. And people like Biden and people on the left never understood why Mexico would make that agreement. So if you were seeking asylum in the United States, Mexico agreed that you would have to wait in Mexico. Now, there may have been some incentives provided by the Trump administration in addition. But the biggest one was that that told the the cartels and the caravan organizers in Central America, don't come because you're not going to get into the United States. You're going to be camped in Mexico, especially a
3: pandemic during a pandemic, too.
16: That's right. And Mexico did not want them coming. So for Mexico, that agreement worked for them as well. But that's something that the Biden people poo-pooed, thought it was cruel and inhumane. But what could be more cruel and inhumane than to invite people to make a a track of thousands of miles uh, where you pay the coyotes, you're constantly in danger of all kinds of uh, physical crime but also the elements i mean sickness i mean this is this is cruel to invite people to make that trek with the a- with a promise that you'll get in and then to say, well, no, no, we didn't really mean to come now. We meant later and give us time. I mean, this this is like Washington blather. This isn't the real world. The real world is Biden told them to come and they came.
3: They did. And and the problem is uh, everybody is overwhelmed. And get this. Uh, Fox has confirmed that the Rio Grande sector, they're no longer processing people and giving them tickets to come back. It's too time-consuming. They're just letting them through. Any unaccompanied minor, this is the key, any unaccompanied minor gets to stay. So now you are over, your your facilities are overwhelmed. We just wrote a check for $86 million, a contract for hotel rooms near the border to hold 1,200 migrant families as well. They will not let us take pictures of the kids In facilities, but Axios got some, and it is horrendous. Keep in mind, they don't have enough mattresses for people. Everyone is too close. There is no kid wearing a mask, by the way. Uh, I'm not necessarily for kids wearing masks, but don't tell me you care about the pandemic. Do you know this guy had had the audacity to say, I'm not letting you see the. I'm not letting the media in because of the pandemic as if the media is going to infect the kids or the uh, illegal immigrants. I got to give credit to Chris Wallace. Listen to his pushback yesterday. Cut two.
7: do you not see a connection between the surge in the at the border and the policy changes that Joe Biden has made in his first two months.
6: Uh, CHRIS, I DO NOT. WHAT I AM SEEING IS THE RESULT, AND WHAT WE ARE SEEING, IS THE RESULT OF PRESIDENT TRUMP'S DISMANTLEMENT OF THE SAFE AND ORDERLY IMMIGRATION PROCESSES THAT WERE BUILT uh, OVER MANY, MANY YEARS uh, BY PRESIDENTS OF BOTH PARTIES. THAT'S WHAT WE ARE SEEING, AND THAT'S WHY IT'S TAKING TIME FOR US TO EXECUTE OUR PLANS TO ADMINISTER THE HUMANITARIAN CLAIMS OF VULNERABLE CHILDREN.
3: UNBELIEVABLE.
16: Yeah, I mean, you know, Brian, that's the kind of thing, if if I'm Chris Wallace, I'm probably jumping across the table. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it's just how cynical do do you have to become to just dismiss that kind of argument? And yet this is this we shouldn't just pretend that this is my Orcus. This is the Biden administration. This is what they did. This is who they put out to run this uh, to run the uh, border. And this is the answer he gives. I mean, this is this is an incredible black eye for the entire administration, for the White House, for everybody involved in it. I mean, when he goes out there and lies like that and says, you know, we inherited a busted system, everybody knows that's not true. The numbers tell you that's not true. And, you know, Brian, Democrats don't like to be accused of being for open borders. But what exactly else would you call this? This is an open border. Come on in. The kids can stay. And even those who are apprehended. At most, uh, they get a a court date, which they're not ever going to show up for because most of them will not get the asylum approved so this is really an open border they've created
3: so i want to get to i know you wrote about joe biden and the stumbles being symbol, uh, <laughs> symbolic of where they're going right now especially when it goes to confronting china uh, Tony Blinken got blasted, but I did think that he was right to be aggressive with China. As I mentioned last uh, uh, previous hour, the United States, Canada, Britain, and the European Union are set to announce an array of sanctions on China. The McGinsky Act, they're going after his officials, but this is about uh, Uyghur Muslims, which is important. Genocide is taking place, very important. But I also would like to see them sanctioned for lying to us and the, the world and poisoning us and not telling us how they started the coronavirus, which has destroyed Countries and killed millions, so that should be coming next. But I'm I'm hard to see somewhat them not dropping the the Abraham Accords and not dropping the aggressive stance on China so far. Are you?
16: Well, not yet, um, because I think that it's one thing to talk tough. Uh, whether it's about Iran and nuclear weapons or China and the Uyghurs and and everything else. But what are you going to do about it? I think that's that's, again, where Donald Trump distinguished himself. True. So you will see even the Wall Street Journal editorial page, which I generally admire and respect, Talk about the the tariffs are not the answer. Well, then, what is the answer to China's cheating and the destruction of our our manufacturing base?
3: But, you know, even Blinken said the tariffs worked the Secretary yeah. of State, so I think the Wall Street Journal is wrong on that. And listen, we were, we were told when we were in school, oh, tariffs don't work, they hurt the country that issues them, but they really got China's attention. They are begging us to get rid of them, so they right. have to be working. I want to go to another, think- another area of your expertise is Governor Cuomo. Uh, th- there was rallies against him over the weekend for his nursing home stance. Thousands showed up, and an- another accuser, his eighth, and now we have this tape emerging. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. This is him threatening the Workers' Family Party boss, Bill Lipton. In case you don't know, though, and you probably don't, the Workers' Family is this really left-wing organization. Cut 29. If
4: you ever say, well, he's better than a Republican again, I'm going to say you're better than a child rapist. How about that? Governor, our, I want to, I apologize, but I got to clarify one thing. You're free to say whatever you want, Governor. Um, uh, but but I just, I just like, want to be clear. Our line is going to be that we have differences with you, but our differences with the Republicans are far greater. I think
16: you're better
3: than Charles Do, Does that sound familiar? Is that the tone you're used to in New York?
16: Sure, sure. But, you know, Brian, there's another element to this, too. He denied saying that. It's only when the New York Times got a hold of a recording of the conversation that it, he was proven to have lied about it. So he did. So for him to deny it means he knows it's wrong. But that's the kind of conduct that he engages in all the time. I mean, you know, the sexual allegations, sexual harassment allegations are, are clearly far and beyond anything that's, that's tolerable in, the, in a workplace today. But the underlying thing that is also coming through is the culture, the culture that he fostered in his office in the government at large which is that it, it's bullying it's my way or we'll kill you i mean they even joked at one point that we have two gears here one is get along the other is kill which means there's no room for differences of opinion you cannot disagree with the governor honestly if you do that you must be crushed and so People in the office had to live by that same attitude. And that's what's amazing. And so, for these, that's why I keep saying for these women to come out is an incredible act of courage. Yep. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, Especially the first. That's right, Lindsay Boylan. And you would say, well, yes, of course, blah, 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 it's me too. No, wait a minute. You know, knowing how Cuomo would behave, which they did know. Uh, that they would leak her personnel file, that they would try to smear her, that they would involve all elements of the office trying to crush her, lest that, you know, uh, sense of honesty spread. That's what they were up against. And so we shouldn't take for granted that – the courage that they did, it, it would, took a lot of nerve, a lot of bravery. And, and these women, I think, have opened a door onto it, just as, as and Janice Dean is another one of my heroes for the way that she has stood up to the governor on the nursing home. I mean, all of these things he's tried to shut down. I mean, I've been on the receiving end of his attacks over the nursing home because I write, wrote about it early on. And so you get this Thing from him that he can never admit he's wrong he can't even have a conversation about these things he's nuts it's just you have to crush you always right. have to crush See. any kind of disagreement yeah. that's how he's run this government and that's why he makes so many mistakes
3: and, and here's and, the other thing michael he is raising tax he just got a billions dollar bailout and he's going to be raising taxes again in new york are you crazy What are you doing? You're raising taxes for no reason just because there's a Democrat in the White House? You're getting bailed out for all your stupid decisions during this pandemic and beyond? And he's getting a fresh start, and he's still trying to screw the people in New York. They make us look like idiots for sticking around here. Final thought?
16: Well, yes. that And, and, uh, you know, there's an interesting wrinkle to that as well, Brian, is that Cuomo has always— uh, tried to depict himself as the sanity level between republicans and the far left democrats well the far left democrat he kept moving to the left even as he kept redefining what was the center trying to anyway and he has now argued essentially that i am the in, I am the indispensable man in Albany. Yeah. Uh, all the others are crazy. They'll raise your taxes. Trust me. This is part of his survival strategy. But my argument is he hasn't done much with that. Uh, taxes have gone up. People are leaving New York. He shut down the economy. Gotcha. I don't know what kind of indispensable yeah. man he is.
3: Uh, we like to see him go and prove he's not. Uh, Michael Goodwin, thanks so much.
16: My pleasure, Brian. You got Thank it.
3: You. Hey, your turn next, one 408 And then we talk about the, su- the lawsuits going against the Biden administration. The attorney general is given Republicans great hope.
2: Honest commentary, unique opinions, no agenda. It's
12: Brian Kilmeade. With Fox News Podcasts Plus, you can enjoy all your favorite Fox News podcasts without commercials. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcasts.com. He's
2: so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
7: Do you not see a connection between the surge at the border and the policy changes that Joe Biden has made in his first two months?
6: Uh, Chris, I do not. What I am seeing is the result, and what we are seeing is the result of President Trump's dismantlement of the safe and orderly immigration processes that were built. I mean, uh, do you believe
3: this? He repeatedly did that. Even Martha and I'll play this later on the hour of ABC, said, are you kidding me? How could you not see that the border's broken and that Trump is not responsible? Ben, listen, WOKV in Jacksonville. Hey, Ben.
0: Congratulations, Brian Kilmeade. We are so blessed here. WOKV, local affiliate, has announced on a flash to our phones, you will be now three hours a day yes. in Jacksonville. It's a blessing. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Ben, for your support. I always love being on WOKV. I was in Jacksonville over the weekend doing an event with uh, with uh, Dana Perino. 900 people showed up. Amazing. What's on your mind real quick, Ben? Yes.
0: That was it. Just to say we're so blessed in this city to hear you
16: three hours a day, plus in the morning, three hours on Fox and Friends, and now maybe seven hours
14: a day (laughs) with your nighttime show.
3: Yeah. Uh, Thanks so much, Ben. Appreciate the support. You always have great calls. Uh, This one's the best. No, but for this week, I'm just doing the seven, not doing Fox and Friends. So make sure you tune in tonight at 7 uh, o'clock on Fox News Primetime. Uh, Back in a moment with Andy McCarthy. What about these twenty-six attorney general, Republican attorney generals, suing Joe Biden? Do the, the lawsuits
12: have a shot? New from the Fox News Podcasts Network.
1: My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome.
12: It's Kennedy saves the world. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: Information
12: you want, truth you demand.
2: This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
13: So far this year, more than 11,000 minors have been apprehended crossing the border into Texas. Children crossing the border rose 60% from January to February to more than 9,400 in February. How long will these children be here? What countries have they come from, and what COVID variants have they been exposed to? Are they being tested for COVID? And if so, how is the administration handling those who test positive?
3: So that was Governor Abbott. He was Attorney General Abbott, and he sued Barack Obama for everything that he found abhorrent about his policies. When it comes to the border, he's outraged as governor. These federal facilities are being filled up. He can't even get inside of him. He's the governor. He has to read news reports to find out what our policy is at the border. It's part of the reason why 26 attorney generals are mounting efforts, legal efforts, to stop the Biden administration, everything from the immigration program to the XL pipeline, including some of the provisions that seem unconstitutional. In the $1.9 trillion package just jammed down our throats You may love the $1,400 But do you love the fact that governors in their states are now forbidden to raise taxes? Is that even allowed? Uh, Let's bring in Andy McCarthy You know Andy McCarthy He does just about everything there is to uh, know about the legal profession Uh, He's a Fox News contributor Former U.S. assistant attorney for the Southern District of New York Author of A Ball of Collusion The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency Andy, welcome back Brian,
0: great to be with
3: you. Andy, I'm watching this story of 26 uh, Republican attorney generals and it's trending one to two for the last two or three days uh, on Politico, saying that they're going to start pushing back legally. Uh, Xavier Becerra was attorney general of California. He had sued the Trump administration a hundred times. Do these lawsuits work?
0: Yeah, they do. I mean, remember President Trump's, uh, immigration policies, especially at the beginning of the administration, were stopped in their tracks by federal judges. And even though the Trump administration ultimately won some of those suits, remember, Brian, it took a couple of years to work its way through the system. So, yes, they they can work. The other thing I think is interesting about this that people miss uh, is a lot of what's screwed up about this, and it's mostly... Congress's fault, because Congress should be acting here, and it's not. It's very irresponsible. But a lot of what's screwed up about this is the fact that the Supreme Court in the last century changed the underlying assumption of enforcement on immigration, including even enforcement at the border. That is, for the first 150 years or so of our country, it was understood that the states were mainly responsible for immigration enforcement. The federal government was responsible for prescribing the, the uh, qualifications for citizenship and there's an argument to be made that because a border is a, a, a kind of a, a sovereign it, attendment of, of government, in other words, if you don't have, like Trump used to say, if you don't have borders, you don't have a country. Uh, so the, the federal government has to be able to guard the border but mostly it was a state responsibility And it was the courts that turned it into a federal responsibility, and that's gone so haywire in the last decade or so that the states went from being originally primarily responsible for enforcement to now the theory is they can't enforce the law if it's against what the feds want to do.
3: Right. Uh, So if you had, a let's say, uh, a very liberal governor of a border state, New Mexico, California, Texas, or Arizona, and they go, yeah, you want to come in, you should be able to come in. That would be a problem. Uh, and then that's where you wish the federal government would be in charge. But for the most part, you got uh, Doug Ducey over in Arizona outraged. You have the governor of Texas outraged. and California, you don't hear much.
0: Right. Well, you know, look, I think if um, if you had a governor, say, in Texas or even Arizona who said, yeah, I want to let them all come in. That person wouldn't be governor for very long. And that's the reason why it's such a bad thing to have immigration run from Washington, because the politicians there and the interests that they represent there are not the ones that are being affected by the crisis on the border. And yet the people who are being affected by the crisis are not being allowed to act because Washington has tied their hand.
3: So so you want to see what this lawsuit looks like. For example, uh, the fact is, if you're a minor, you get to stay. So if I'm an attorney general of Texas and I have 26 other co-signers, my, let's say my lawsuit says, why are people allowed to stay if they come here? Who made up that rule? And then who, yeah. sees, who sees that and how much, how much chance does that have for success?
0: Yeah, Brian, it, it really is unbelievable because if you look back at the origin of this, the idea that, that when you get here, you're allowed to stay, there was a 1993 case. Called Reno versus Flores, written by Justice Scalia, in which he said we have an obligation, as we do with all people who were detained, to maintain them in humane and, and decent conditions. But minors and and no one else, you know, including all classes of aliens, but including minors. No one has a right who is not an American citizen to be released into the United States. And the Supreme Court was emphatic about that. There's no due process right. There's no equal protection right. There's no international law right. So after that victory for the government, four years later, the Clinton administration signed what's known as the Flores Settlement, which gave them all of the rights that the Supreme Court said that they didn't have. So if you want to know why if someone touches the soil of the United States, an alien, uh, that that person is allowed to have an asylum hearing and many of them get released into the United States, thank the Clinton administration because they signed off on this settlement that was totally unnecessary, and then Congress hasn't lifted a finger to correct it.
3: Now, maybe that could change. The XL pipeline is something else. Now, that, that just got disbanded. It was okayed. What chances is that lawsuit for success to reinstate the pipeline
0: yeah i you know i I think um, on all of these cases, they all have a chance to for to, to succeed, but if you think about it, this is no way to run a government i mean it's not this is not a government that's designed to have presidents willy-nilly coming in and making a bunch of executive orders because congress won't do its job and then have federal judges say mm, well i like this one i don't right. like that one and then it takes two or three years to get it resolved through the supreme court that's a dysfunctional almost third-world kind of way to run a country, and it's not the way our government's designed.
3: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, A provision in this $1.9 trillion tax plan that prevents states from raising taxes? How is that constitutional?
0: I don't think it is. I think they'll have uh, a lot of success with that litigation. There's a number of things, Brian, and I think this Supreme Court is going to be strong on this. There are a number of things that in the history of our country were left to the states to decide, that mainly... All the interior uh, procedures of of governance are supposed to be uh, for the states to resolve. And Washington is not supposed to, by basically seeding out government money, uh, take away the state's ability to govern affairs within the state. So the idea that Washington can tell a state that if it takes federal money, it can't raise – it can't give a tax cut to give some of the money back to the public is just preposterous.
3: HR one looks to federalize in many cases looks to federalize the election process. That that will that doesn't seem to uh, go. It doesn't seem like it would stand constitutional scrutiny.
0: No, it shouldn't. And look, at, what they're trying to do is mandate by federal law everything that was screwed up about the 2020 election. But if there's one thing that we learned from all the litigation after the election. It's that the Constitution says that the state legislatures are responsible for making the laws that govern elections. And Congress has some ability to make laws, like Congress can set when Election Day is and that sort of thing. But for the most part, this is supposed to be a realm of state sovereign uh, procedure. And it's supposed to be the states that make the rules. So I don't think this is going to fly. I hope it's not going to fly in the Senate.
3: Yeah, we'll we'll see if that that would uh, that would hold. I do, I mean, I wouldn't think if HR one gets turned on a simple majority, uh, that's the only way it would do it. And to do that, you got to get rid of the filibuster. And yep. I thought, you, don't you need sixty votes to vote to get rid of the filibuster, which would not require fifty, or you actually would need a simple majority to get rid of the filibuster?
0: Yeah, when they when they vote on rules, they can vote by make that a rule. majority. So they. They can get rid of they can get rid of the filibuster, but I think you know it's like when they got rid of the judicial filibuster the Democrats have lived to to rue that day, and I think if they get rid of the uh, filibuster on everything else, you know they they may be able to get their ya-ya's out for a few months here, but when the Republicans eventually and this will eventually happen when they take over Congress, they'll be able to reverse everything the Democrats did and then some by a simple majority vote. So, you know, this blows up on them every time they, they try to change the rules, and I think it's a big mistake for them. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're going to do what they're going to do, but I think they'll be sorry.
3: All right, uh, a couple of things. Last night on 60 Minutes, uh, Michael um, Michael Sherwin, who was the former interim U.S. attorney in charge of investigating the January 6th uh, riots that took place inside the Capitol, was asked about uh, insurrection And was asked about sedition. Could you be charged? Could all those who have been arrested, been hundreds, could they be charged with sedition? Cut 35.
9: Seems like a very low bar. And I
0: wonder why you're not charging that now. Okay. So I don't think it's a low bar, Scott, but I will tell you this. I personally believe the evidence is trending towards that. And probably
7: meets those elements. Do you anticipate sedition charges against some of these suspects?
0: I believe the facts do support those charges.
2: Uh, and I think that as we go forward, more facts will support that, Scott.
3: What is what are the significance of that? And I know you are very familiar with sedition.
0: Yeah. So in federal law, Brian, it's not just you can't charge someone with sedition, even though that's the way they had that conversation last night. The charge is actually called seditious conspiracy. Um, I had the last as a prosecutor, the last big seditious conspiracy case in the United States, Uh, against the Blind Shake and the terrorist cell that bombed the World Trade Center and, and plotted the other attacks in New York. So the hurdle here is conspiracy. It's easy enough to show that people used force against the government, but the crime is that you have to show that people conspired to do that. And the reason I make that distinction is, in our case, it was easy to do it because we were dealing with a terrorist cell that was actually plotting together Whereas on January 6, I think you may find that there are some groups of people that came and actually did conspire, but but for the most part, those 800 or so people who wandered into the Capitol were it, that was kind of an ad hoc thing for most of them. You know, they didn't come like planning to attack the Capitol. So I think he may be right that you'll find some seditious conspiracy cases in the sense that you may find little blocks of people. Um, who conspired to act together, and maybe some of them did plan to to go into the Capitol. But I think with respect to the hundreds of people who went in there, it's highly unlikely. You'll be able to get trespassing charges and other kinds of minor charges, but the idea that you can get them on seditious conspiracy if they just kind of showed up and happened to go in there versus like what you have with a terrorist organization where they're always planning and plotting to – Make a tax on the government. It's a, it's a very different thing, I
3: think. right? And sedition would be death.
0: No, it's a twenty year penalty. There's no. Um, if you have a case where death was caused, um, you can't bring that as a death penalty case under sedition. You might be able to do it under Rico. But here's the thing, Brian. We know one police officer, Brian Sicknick, was killed. Yeah, a week ago. They filed charges against two people who were involved, they say, in the assault of Sicknick. That complaint doesn't even mention that Sicknick died, let alone say that the assault caused a death. So they don't, at the moment, they don't have any proof that they've made public that these rioters caused anyone to die.
3: Andy McCarthy, thanks so much. Hope to catch up with you on the, on the 7 o'clock at night. Do you ever do nighttime stuff? Sure, Brian. Sure. All right. So, good. we're looking to book you. I can talk to your people. You have a lot of layers with the McCarthy Empire. My people. Talk right? to my
11: people. Yeah, yes.
3: yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. It's hard to get to you. I don't know. I guess yeah, you have a yeah. lot of clients. You're always it's writing a column or a book. Season, you know. uh, that, okay. <laughs> you're right. You're you're right. The NCAA tournament's on. How dare I call you? Uh, Andy, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Sure, Brian. Take care. one 408 You'll listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade.
12: Fox Nation presents Podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak.
1: I'm
15: Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts.
2: From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade.
15: Hey, welcome back, everybody.
3: It's uh, time to find out, despite everything we know so far, if there's a need to know more.
2: More to Know, sponsored by Oxford Gold Group. Call today to learn how you can protect your retirement and savings account. 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D.
3: Well, listen to this. This Teen Vogue staffer who posted a letter expressing concern about Alexi McCammon's For her past tweets, when she was 17 years old, she was the editor, there for a few days, and then she was forced to quit despite apologizing for tweets she had when she was 17 10 years ago. Turns out she used the N-word in tweets from 10 years ago herself. This woman's name is Christine Davitt, and she's the senior social manager at Teen Vogue back in 2009, wrote two tweets to a friend identifying him as a... N-word, and in 2010 used the N-word again in a joke tweet. But yet she's pushing to get McCammon out, and McCammon at 27 years old is out because something she apologized for and tweeted for at 17. How dumb is she, and how reprehensible is Teen Vogue for firing that editor?
15: There are so many comments here. I mean, it's ridiculous for her to push to have her out knowing that was in her closet, right? Also, if we're going to have a world run on where we're all judged what we did as teenagers... It's not going to be a very fun world.
3: Except for Eric. Eric was a perfect team. So course. he holds us to that standard. <laughs> Next, Trump is returning to social media, they claim, with his own platform, his own infrastructure,
14: in two to three months. Jason Miller, the announcement. I do think that we're going to see President Trump returning to social media in probably about two or three months here with his own platform. And this is something that I think will be the, the hottest ticket in social media. It's going to completely redefine the game.
3: Wow. Uh, what do you think? You think this is all bluster? I think he's got to have substance behind it to make that announcement.
15: I would hope so, or maybe they're trying to put feelers out. But, I mean, after we saw what happened with Parler, right? I mean, it's not just making the platform. It's in all the companies that help the platform be successful. If they're not going to be there and support you, right. how do you
6: have you it don't run? know if
3: people are going to stop you from using the cloud. Do you have to create your own cloud? Eric, do you have something the weigh in on this? Is it possible?
6: Look, I don't like
3: tweeting. Next. Matthew McConaughey says Texas governor, run. He'll consider a Texas governor, run. And he said if he does do it, it would be an honorable thing. Let's hear him say it.
17: It's come up a lot lately, and, I, and I'm going to say to you now the same thing I've been saying, which is true. It's not a dodge. And when I say it's something I'm giving consideration, uh, absolutely. What an honorable thing to even be able to consider. Um, but that's I'm no further than that right now, sir.
3: He's upset that Governor Greg Abbott lifted the mask uh, ban mandate. Uh, he's doing a concert, a benefit concert. He announced that, so he's doing some publicity. And now because of that, he's considering running.
15: Which he sort of has alluded to, like, in the past as well. But the other thing, um, you know, when he said that about Abbott, but he said it's not um, the mask mandate. He's like, the issue isn't the mask. It's the mandate. When the government mandates something, and that's what people have an issue for, with.
3: Right. And, and he, he said, said, yeah, he goes, i want all for opening things up, but he wants to keep the mask on. I don't know, tough. Uh, Arkansas governor, too, lifted the same thing. He goes, everyone wants to use common sense. Just in Florida doing that Dana thing, you don't go inside without a mask. Anywhere. People are using it. When you're walking alone and you're running, you don't have to wear it. You can, we don't have to wear it in gyms. You can't get it from surfaces
12: from the fox news podcasts network i'm ben Dominich, publisher of the federalists and i'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going subscribe to the ben Dominic podcast subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: live from the fox news radio studios in new york city fresh off the set of fox and friends it's america's receptive voice Brian, Kilmead. thanks so much for listening,
3: everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade show. Privileged to be coming to you from what's left of New York and around, heard around the country and around the world. Uh, big hour coming your way. We've got Brett Bear at the bottom of the hour. A lot of you, 1-866-408-7669. tonight. Don't worry, I'm not on Fox and Friends, but I'll be on seven o'clock prime time. So hopefully, all of our listeners who or all the viewers watching on Fox Nation will be able to watch on Fox News a little bit later on tonight. So um, let's get to the big three
4: now
2: with the stories you need to know it's brian's big three
13: number three if you ever say well he's better than
4: a republican again i'm going to say you're better than a child rapist how about that our line is going to be that we have differences with you but our differences with republicans are far greater i think you're better than a child rapist
3: you believe this Another day, another accuser, and another leak of audio showing the bully tactics of this governor of New York. Protests calling for Governor Cuomo's ouster grew over the weekend, mostly because of the nursing homes, as everyone came out to mourn their loved ones and ask for justice. Now, with multiple investigations, including one by the FBI and his own attorney general, isn't it time for President Biden to step in? Number
5: two. I don't think we're going to have a fourth wave. I think the fact that we have so much prior infection, we've gotten one shot in at least 70 million Americans. We're talking about some form of protective immunity in about 55% of the population.
3: Yeah, Scott, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, pandemic progress. Pressure to open up everything mounts as a fourth wave is being waved off despite European troubles. Now Arkansas is getting rid of the mask mandate. And a fact check on President Biden. Just how much of his current vaccine plan was in place when he took over.
6: Number one. What I am seeing is the result and what we are seeing is the result of President Trump's dismantlement of the safe and orderly immigration processes that were built uh, over many, many years.
3: How dishonest. Border is busted. The HHS secretary is 100 percent comfortable telling us it isn't him his fault. It's blaming Trump that's gotten everything that have gone wrong. The problem? He is flat-out lying, and we all know it. And, oh, yeah, he's done the impossible. He has every news outlet equally outraged over barring of all media, maybe for the first time ever, from the thousands being detained in facilities. That are clearly overrun. Now a few pictures have leaked out thanks to Henry Cuellar, the Democratic congressman given to Axios, and you'll get to see the overcrowded conditions in the middle of a pandemic. Listen to some of these numbers. It's the biggest surge in 20 years. Eight uh, The eight Latino uh, counties flipped to Trump. All are being overrun right now at the border. There's a reason why they flipped to Trump. In one facility in Donna, Texas, it has a capacity of 250 beds. There are 3,900 kids inside. And according to a leaked document revealed to Axios, that 800 and confirmed by Fox, 823 unaccompanied migrant children have spent over 10 days in U.S. custody. They were only supposed to have 72 hours. Axios also says the document, which was not viewed by Fox News, indicated that that Saturday on Saturday, 3,314 migrant children who are unaccompanied, have been held in custody longer than 72 hours. So it's much more than that. It's getting crazy how long this is taking. And the fact is they reversed the Trump policies, including telling minor kids, kids, if you come to the border, you can stay. What do you think is going to happen? Don't tell me that's humanitarian. It is not. But when confronted repeatedly, Mayorkas pretended as if he there was no problem and then said, Trump's to blame. Listen to what he said to Martha Raddatz, Cut 7.
1: You yourself say we, were, we are on pace to have one of the largest migrant surges in 20 years. Why were you not prepared for this?
6: Let me be clear. We have seen uh, large numbers of migration in the past. Uh, we know how to address it. We have a plan. We are executing on our plan and we will succeed. This is what we do. The entire system uh, under United States law that has been in place throughout administrations of both parties was dismantled in its entirety by the Trump administration.
3: Not true. It was rectified to stop the surge under a lot of the same people that worked for President Obama, Mark Morgan and Thomas Holman. Mayorkas goes on to try to tell us why he has barred the media Barred the media from all any of these facilities housing tens of thousands of people. Cut 10.
7: Why did you refuse to allow reporters to see the conditions
6: under which these minors are being held? Uh, uh, two things, uh, Chris, if I may. Number one, let's not forget that we're in the midst uh, of a pandemic, and we are focused uh, on our operations, executing our operations in a crowded Border Patrol facility. Uh, where uh, hundreds of vulnerable migrant children are located, number one. And number two, we're working on providing footage so that the American public can see uh, the Border Patrol stations.
3: Outrageous. The government's going to provide footage for a story I have to use? Not a pool reporter can't go in, not one photographer can go forward? You're worried about photographers and press infecting people? Cut 11.
7: Respectfully, sir, I, I think that there is a safe condition under which a pool reporter and a pool camera crew could go into some of the, these facilities. This has been going on for two months now and record the conditions under which these minors are being held. It seems to me to say it's impossible to do because of COVID. Sounds like an excuse.
6: Uh, Chris, uh, we're working on providing access um, so that individuals uh, will be able to see what um, the conditions in a Border Patrol station uh, are like. But first things first, we are in the midst of a pandemic and we're focused on operations and executing on our plans. That's our highest priority.
3: Well, listen, there are Democrats along with a uh, a, a, very, a very astute anchor like Chris Wallace who are pressing on him to stop lying Congressman Vincente Gonzalez, Democrat, whose southern district in Texas sits right near the border with Mexico, quote, if incentives drove people to come and the only way to slow it down is by changing the policy at our doorstep. If they don't change the policy, the flow will continue. Migration traffic isn't going to stop or slow down. Democratic Mayor Bruno Lozano. Over in the southern border. He is pleading with Washington to do more to stem the stream, saying, you have a breach on national security levels that have never before been seen in modern history, and you've not even batted an eye. You're not even calling it a crisis. You're calling it a quote-unquote challenge. This is a disaster. And which worse is, and I wasn't aware of this, Mayorkas knows better. And Michael McCall knows he knows better. Here's what he was saying. Cut 13.
9: No, I think they've created the crisis. Uh, he says he has a plan. I haven't seen a plan. Uh, they talk about humane conditions, humanitarian. They have created a humanitarian crisis down here at this border that you have seen now. And the reason why they are coming is because he says words do matter, and they do. The messaging is that if you want to come, you can stay. When Majorca says we're not saying don't come at all, just don't come now, very irresponsible rhetoric for Secretary of Homeland Security uh, to say, and now, in his words, we have the greatest, well, not crisis, because he won't call it that, in 20 years.
3: And he knows better because he did the same prosecuting job. Henry Cuellar, Democrat, Vincente Gonzalez, cut 16.
9: The president or the administration's um, message is not getting through. This message about don't
11: come now, come later without due respect, is not being heard down there. The
5: message can't be that if you get to our southern border and get across, we're going to process you and release you into our communities.
3: So, here's the thing. They have not put that I know of anyone in Ecuador, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, to talk about what the problem is, find out what's going on on television. Find out what the radio ads are about. Find out what the word is on the street, and say you got to stop it. Tucker Carlson was the only one to go to El Salvador that I thought of. You got to go down there. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to go find a Don't go down there and just write a check and say, "Well, they're impoverished." The whole world is is worse off than America. But we can't possibly have the whole world come in. And what you're doing is, it's not Americans against immigrants. It's Americans against uh, illegal immigration, as opposed to people doing it the right way. And I think Rick who who is not only national security director, director of national intelligence here for a while, he was also ambassador to, he also worked at the UN, and he was also ambassador to Germany, where he really was knee deep in uh, in all things related to U.S. foreign policy as it relates to Europe. And he just talked about, they're jumping the line. It's not a matter of right or wrong. There's Who is doing it right and who is doing it wrong? Cut 16, cut
17: 18. What the Democrats are doing right now is breaking the line. First and second generation Americans supported Donald Trump and the Republicans in this last election like never before. These are people who waited in line. You want to be humane. You should tell the people who waited in line that you are not going to allow line jumpers or people to rush the border.
3: Okay. That's important. Republicans have to start messaging that way. I don't mean manipulate messaging. You don't have to go. It's terrible. But what they have to do is, so people are clear, nobody is against immigration, number one. Number two is no one's, everyone's against, should be against illegal immigration, number two. Number three, everyone feels bad for everyone that's going through rough times. So why are the rough times that may be challenging in Honduras worse than Nigeria, Costa Rica, or um, Syria, or anywhere else. Because you're waiting in line, you're going through the uh, the refugee cause, and you're finding out how many are going to come in, and who's going to come in, and what the circumstances are, and investigating it at the same time you turn around. And in the Rio Grande Valley sector, confirmed last night, they're not even taking down paperwork on people coming through. Don't tell me that border's not open. So... I don't want to take too much time away from calls, one 408 7669 but I do want to talk about the pandemic. They got rid of a mask mandate in Arkansas. They got rid of one we know in uh, Florida. We know they don't have it any longer in Texas, and we know the numbers are dropping. In cases, they ticked up 7%, but in overall hospitalizations as well as deaths, are going down precipitously. 43 million people are fully vaccinated, and we're doing better and better on the vaccinations. So this is a positive story. What I really resent is unnecessary partisanship. There's so many issues where we just are not going to get along as as a country. Our major issues and elections have consequences. And there are so many others that are unifying. And one is the vaccine. And when Joe Biden said this, I personally was outraged because it's just not true. Cut 25.
9: America had no real plan to vaccinate most of the country. My predecessor failed to order enough vaccines failed to mobilize the effort to administer the shots, failed to set up vaccine centers. That changed the moment we took office.
3: Okay, not true. And rather than have Donald Trump say it's not true or a staffer, why don't we have the person who headed up Operation Warp Speed, who has no political affiliation, just expertise, and now he's got a great track record. This is Dr. Monsef Salawi. You've seen a lot of him. He did. Mar- Margaret Brennan did a great job with him. Let him speak and explain himself. Here's his response to that soundbite, Cut26.
10: I think that's a very negative description of the reality. I do think that uh, we had plans, and, in fact, 90% of what's happening now is the plan that we had. Uh, of course, the first thing was to accelerate the development of the vaccine, We contracted specifically 100 million doses of vaccine, but also built into the contracts options to acquire more vaccines once we knew they are effective. And the plan was to order more vaccines when when we knew they are more effective. So I think what's happening is right. But I think what's happening is, frankly, what was the plan?
3: Okay, do you understand? He's not going to order a zillion. Vials. A vaccine that wasn't working. He prepaid all of them. They went into trials and they went into manufacturing. And then when they found out they were effective and the study came back and the FDA said go, then he goes. He bought them and a lot of them went to waste. Now we're going to have a fourth one coming online, but I think that a couple of companies started where aren't able to do it. So as soon as one was successful, you go into contract for the other. That is not something unique to Joe Biden. Cut 27.
1: You say 90% of what's happening now is what you put into place?
10: I think in terms of manufacturing and supply and distribution, which is the physical shipment of vaccine to immunisation site, the answer is yes, because there's a ramp-up in manufacturing, as always happens, and that's what we are experiencing and seeing. I do think that in terms of immunisation and shots in arms, in particular, the large vaccination sites in you know, sports arenas and, and the likes, Uh, and the participation of FEMA, those were not uh, parts of the plan, and they are participating to accelerate, I think, to some extent, the immunization. So he's
3: giving credit. He didn't do the stadiums, he didn't do FEMA, but everything else was in place. Game on. And I just think it was important for him to clarify, not have a politician or Mark Meadows clarify, because people just say Democrats and Republicans looking to take credit for the most successful thing that's happened quite some time in America. one 408 7669 Now we got to get everyone to get vaccinated. In Germany and Europe, a lot of people lost total trust in the vaccine. And evidently, uh, Trump supporters have lost trust in Donald Trump's vaccine, which is head-scratching back in a moment.
2: Listen and pick up on some things you didn't know before. You're with Brian Kilmead.
12: Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the High Court. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. A talk show that's real. This
2: is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
12: When I got
13: that call uh, from Governor Cuomo, uh, threatening me um, in my career, my livelihood, to lie for him, uh, I wasn't scared of his bully tactics, but I was afraid that he would escape accountability. This is about decency. This is about decent human beings coming together, taking on the most powerful politician in the state of New York. Together, we will get to the truth.
3: So you're looking at uh, some of the people speaking up at a big event, even though it sounded mellow, it was a huge event, uh, that was from an interview this morning with uh, Ron Kim a liberal congressman from Queens New York uh, just on the threats this governor's giving America's governor his biggest embarrassment his his ratings were about 44% in a solid democratic state he's about to go to probably a fourth term because no one runs against him and he's got a, his dad's machine and his machine here but now people are speaking up and speaking out you have an eighth accuser talking about sexual harassment and you have more people speaking up and then you have the releasing of a tape from the uh, from the boss uh, Bill Lipton of uh, the Workers' Family Party on Governor Cuomo. And the question is, how much longer, if you were President Biden, would you put up with this? Ryan, listening in Pearl River, New York, on WABC. Hey, Ryan. Alex, listening online in California. Alex.
4: Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I just wanted to comment about the, uh, the uh, immig- yeah the border illegal immigration. So some people claim that We must spend billions of dollars to improve the quality of life in Guatemala, Honduras, and other Latin American countries in order to reduce the flood of illegals. But no one ever asks the question, how long does it take to modernize these countries? And uh, if we look at history, I believe the number is 26 years. If it takes longer than 26 years, we shouldn't waste our money on them because that money can't fix the real problem. They lack either the ability or the desire to modernize their societies.
3: Well, 26 years is a long time. What I would say is this. I would have, uh, number one, I would say, what is your situation? See if we could help with experts. Number two is when it comes to actual security so people wouldn't feel as though either my son joins a gang or I get murdered. If things like that, like MS-13 that exists and I know it's real, I think that you go in there and you provide some immediate security and then you talk about programs. For example, I remember— When, uh, look, for a while, the Soviet Union became Russia, and they were looking to get more of a capitalist system in there. Do you know what we were doing? We were flooding in executives, talking about how to set up a mortgage system, how to set up banks with incentives and investments to try to teach a generation of Russians a degree in which they'd accept capitalism. A lot of it has to do with expertise. And there's so many people who want to give up their careers. They've already made their millions and get into government. And if you tell them there's a program to revitalize Central America and that could be their legacy, you'll see a lot of people jumping on board. I'd like to see some of that. Brett Baroness.
2: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
11: The reason I weigh in is very simple. They're destroying our country. Very simple. It can't get simpler than that. They are destroying our country. And they're going to destroy it with tax increases the likes of which nobody has ever seen before. In order to accomplish the Green New Deal nonsense, Uh, they're destroying it with woke. When China looks at woke and they see the biggest problem we have is Dr. Seuss. In the meantime, they're building factories and trying to kill us in so many different ways. They laugh at us. They think we're so... Frankly, they think our country is stupid when they look at this, when our competitors look at what's going on in our country, taking down the statues to great heroes and so many other things. I do it because... I want to do what's right, and they are destroying our country.
3: And look, he's ticked off. That's what he built, and they're undoing it, just like President Obama was ticked off, too. But you heard from President Obama a year and a half in when it was time for the midterm elections. The reason why President Trump is speaking out now and why it's different is that he's going to try to beat Grover Cleveland. And if not, he's going to get right to the end and decide not to, uh, because right now I believe he's probably 51 percent in to run in 2024. And when people say, well, it's not good for former presidents to speak out, I think that Barack Obama threw that in the street. When you saw how vociferously and uh, he went for Hillary Clinton while he was sitting in office, when you saw how aggressive he was at the midterms, and when you saw what he did to get Joe Biden across the finish line, doing all the campaign, they said Joe Biden thought it was too dangerous to do, I think he changed that. But he is speaking out. It must be killing him because this is the signature Trump is is uh, the the wall. Now – yeah, so here is uh, President Trump. As, remember he was referring to Dr. Seuss? That whole wokeness, that was blown up in Anthony Blinken's face. It's not necessarily Blinken's fault. He has nothing to do with it. But he's out there saying, a meeting in Alaska for the first time with his counterpart in China, uh, of China, and they're meeting. And in those opening statements, Blinken was direct about what happened in Hong Kong, direct about the, uh, the genocide taking place with the Uyghurs. And then China came back with this.
1: The challenges facing the United States in human rights are deep-seated. They did not just emerge over the past four years, such as Black Lives Matter. It did not come up only recently. The United States does not have the qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength.
3: Wow, and it got worse from there. And it was China that called the press back in, and then we called the press back in again. Now, if, the, if this is just the opening salvo, fine. If But I'm fine with it. I know that for the most part, maybe China got the one-upmanship on this. Got it. But if they are tough on China, that could actually unify Republicans and Democrats together. But Donald Trump's comment about Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head focusing on in America as we've spent $1.9 trillion that we don't have makes China laugh because they poison us. We don't even bring it up. They recover first. And then try to establish that Belt and Road program. We got to go get our own Belt and Road program. We got to go prefer, uh, put, uh, put together a different option, a better option. And we got to show that militarily you better not cut defense. Now, the president also spoke on a podcast, Lisa Booth's podcast, about Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci is lauded, I believe, for almost doing nothing. He's amiable. He's a good conversationalist. But he has not been an effective medical leader through this. He does a zillion interviews, swears he goes by the data, but was wrong often. In January, he told John Casamitidis, this coronavirus will not be a problem here. He told told ABC, don't wear a mask. It gives you a false sense of security. And that's when Donald Trump said this, the left is going crazy. Do you regret ever elevating him?
11: Well, I didn't really elevate him. He's been there for 40 years. He's been there forever. And I thought rather than firing him, you know, I listened to him, but I didn't do what he said because, frankly, uh, his record is not a good record. I like him personally. He's actually a nice guy. He's a great promoter. He's really a promoter more than anything else. He is of himself.
3: He got the first pitch thrown in front of an empty stands where he bounced it. Uh, He pleaded with Rachel Maddow to come forward. And, you know, uh, to uh, to come forward. I really wanted to do your show. I mean, he, he does like six shows a day, and he gives the briefings. And a lot of people in the medical community are not happy with him. So that's Donald Trump on those two things. Uh, and he's going to be weighing in. He's going to be a factor. Just get used to it. Meanwhile, in terms of messaging, he is their best messenger. Rick Grinnell brought that up with Maria yesterday. And when it comes to immigration, bringing up what was accomplished before, but the way you say it matters. Cut 19.
17: He's a different person. Republicans have to do a better job on making sure that we take the mantle to say we want immigrants in this country. We just want an orderly process because we have so many people. I can tell you as managing embassy uh, Berlin and embassy Germany, we have a plethora of people who are waiting to come into this country. And if you just all of a sudden say, rush the border, we're going to have a huge, uh, bigger crisis than we have right now.
3: And that's the issue. Don't say we don't want the triangle countries or Brazilians to come in. Say, why are you making me make a choice? Since when are we rewarding illegal behavior? Most don't qualify for asylum. Jane, listening in upstate New York. Hey, Jane. How are you? Good.
1: Uh, thank you. Uh, I would like to speak about Governor Cuomo. Um I grew up in a political family in Miami, Florida. Um, At the age of 18, I was accosted by someone very similar to Governor Cuomo. And um, I hear everybody saying, why don't these women come forward sooner? Um, When something like that happens to you, it's probably one of the most difficult things you can ever do to come forward. Now, add to that the fact that the person is powerful, and the person is a bully, and you're going to be pressured like you've never been pressured in your life. What's interesting to me is um, this Thomas Reed thing <clears throat> that is coming up.
3: The Republican who came forward and said, well, he had his own allegations, so I'm not going to yes. run for the Republican ticket.
6: Uh, exactly. For the yeah.
1: <clears throat> to me, I'm wondering, is this a deflection? Is he... Throwing himself under the bus now, to save. you don't Governor- go
3: under the bus for uh, for Governor Cuomo if you're trying to run against Governor Cuomo, Jane. Thank you. Sorry you had to experience that, but I think people can really relate to why it's hard for people for women to come forward. Once Lindsay Boylan did it, she was by herself for two months, and then others came forward, and then it was different. Brett Baers getting set to host his show, special report six o'clock tonight. See him all over the channel. Brett, welcome back. Hey, Brian. So uh, we were talking about a couple of things. You know, uh, one of the big three is Governor Cuomo. He seems to be there every day. An eighth accuser comes forward, and then we have this uh, call of bullying again, and then rallies over overnight. Let me ask you something. It's a big deal in New York, and he's America's governor for about a year now, until recently. Do you think at some point it becomes a problem for President Biden?
11: Well, I do, considering that uh, what he said in that interview with George Stephanopoulos about, um, you know, if the investigation shows something, then he needs to leave. And then he went on further and said he may face criminal prosecution. I mean, that was kind of a – he didn't have to go there, but he did. Um, So far, you know, Democrats largely are under the umbrella of it needs to be investigated. But eventually – those investigations come due, and eventually the just the weight of all of these accusations, including somebody who currently works for them, uh, becomes overwhelming. And the question is what New York state lawmakers do. Uh, but, yeah, it's a drag on Democrats, as is the border issue.
3: Yeah, the border issue is big. Here's a Mayorkas over the weekend. I tell you, I watch the Sunday shows all the time, and usually when they put somebody up and he does multiple shows, you got their theme. But I found his theme totally outrageous, his theme that I'm trying to fix the system that Donald Trump broke when we all know the numbers don't lie It got broken by a series of promises that Joe Biden made and implemented through executive orders. And the word was, they weren't handing out Donald Trump let me in. They're handing out shirts that say Joe Biden let me in. Here's what the, I want you to hear this because NBC, ABC did the impossible. They actually interviewed illegal immigrants and asked them why they came here and they aired it. And it doesn't make President Biden look good. Cut
9: one.
15: Some say the new president gave them hope for a life in America. Why
1: did you decide to come now?
9: To take advantage of the opportunity that the president has
8: given to the people from, from, from Central America to come with their families.
1: Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president?
8: Definitely not.
1: So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president?
11: Basically. Basically.
3: And they go on. So this this is yeah. telling the story, Brett. It, you don't need to say, what network am I watching? This is what these people are saying.
11: Yeah, and it's a change in dynamic. Um, I will say that for the longest time at the beginning of this, while it was a problem, um, a lot of those channels said this is a Republican talking yes. point and it's something you'll see on Fox News and it's just like the caravan thing, you know, which they also blew off. Which was but real. But now, yeah, and now – um, I think all of these places realize the the gravity of it, and in part because you have all these border states, Democrats and Republicans, sending up a flare saying, "Hello, we have a major, major issue here," and uh, I just think Mayorkas, Secretary Mayorkas, and some of the things he said about. You know, the transparency question with Chris Wallace, I thought was a really bad answer. We'll provide you video. Yeah.
3: Well, you want to hear uh, it? I had that really exchange. Fly. Yeah, I want to hear. Uh, let's hear that exchange. Cut 10.
7: Why did you refuse to allow reporters to see the conditions under which these miners are being held? Uh,
6: two things, uh, Chris, if I may. Number one. Let's not forget that we're in the midst uh, of a pandemic, and we are focused uh, on our operations, executing our operations in a crowded Border Patrol facility uh, where uh, hundreds of vulnerable migrant children are located, number one. And number two, we're working on providing footage so that the American public can see uh, the Border Patrol stations.
3: Well, isn't that nice? They're going to provide footage for you,
11: Brad. Are they going to produce your whole show? I mean, think about this. Think about if Chad Wolf had said that, how heads would explode on every network. Think about that. I mean, just put it through the prism of the Department of Homeland Security saying that during the Trump administration. People would have gone ballistic. And they should have. And So would you have, by the have. way. Yeah, of course. And, you know, now we're getting pictures of, you know, still images of uh, some of these facilities. And guess What? They're crowded. There are cages um, for all of the AOCs and all of the lawmakers who went down there and said, you know, this is horrific. This is, um, you know, a a concentration camp. Um, They're silent. And I think that that disparity – um, you know, hurts the Biden administration greatly.
3: Yeah, here's what Joe Biden said about him going down to the border. President Trump just told Harris Faulkner on TV, I, I wanted to see for myself. I, I learned a lot. For example, I got off the whole, I'm going to build a big wall. When well, they came down, and explained to me they need to see through the wall. I changed my opinion on things when I saw it for myself.
11: Cut 12
15: are you thinking of going to the border?
11: At some point, I will, yes. You
15: want to see, for example, what's going on in those facilities?
9: I know what's going on in those facilities.
3: You know, why, do you, why do you think the message to the migrants telling them to stay
5: home, to don't come now,
11: why do you think that hasn't resonated yet? What, what more can be done, sir? Well, a lot more. We're in the process of
9: doing it now, including making sure that we reestablish what existed before, which was they can stay in place and make sure case from to home country.
3: Yeah. He's a mess. He has no idea. And they did show him some pictures. Can we see those pictures?
11: Right, exactly. I mean, not from not from the administration, at least not yet. But they're they're starting to come out. And, you know, we'll have them tonight on special report. But it's I I think um, of the issues like right off the bat, uh, this is probably the biggest. And and you'll see it by Democrats starting to get worried about the issue as we start heading into another political season, and um, and I actually think it's it's really big, just not beyond the border states, but for um, everybody about how to deal with something like this you don't say it's not a crisis and everybody can see it on their face hey
3: uh brett the other thing is they want to be talking about the 1.9 trillion which seems in the short term to be a political boon for democrats and they're not it reminds me when barack obama uh launched obamacare and the website didn't work but we were in the middle of a government shutdown so nobody really was talking about it and he kind of mocked that situation but this is what bothers me most about Mayorkas. He knows the truth. Tom Homan worked with him before. Here's what the former um, head of the border, uh, border Patrol said. Cut 23.
8: He's a different person he was when he was vice president during the first surge in 1415. Alejandro Mayorkas is a different person he was in FY1415 when he was deputy secretary. They know what causes surges. They know how to stop them because I was there and we stopped it. They're doing the complete opposite Oh well, will stop this surge. How do we stop in 1415 when... Mr. Mayorkas was deputy secretary. We built detention facilities, thousands of them. We held people long enough to see a judge. We let ICE remove them, and we took away the enticements.
3: Is that enough? I mean, not only are you saying do what I did, we're asking you to do what you did.
11: Yeah, and, you know, all that stuff comes back around. And if you look at what succeeds... Um, it's it's following that that playbook. I mean, secure the border, border first. Um, listen, th- you can't overstate this, but you're you're right. They want to focus on the 1.9 trillion, and as those checks go out, there is going to be a short-term b- bounce. Um, but the long-term implications of paying off pensions, um, I'm not sure we we've we fully appreciate yet.
3: This is only going to be the first of two times we'll talk tonight. I'm doing the seven, so you'll have to talk to me again, Brett. I know it's bad I news. Am. But you just do you try do to make it during
11: s- the day. Does anything else happen? I or don't know. Go, is it siesta? I'm going to play tag happen?
3: in the hall. I got six hours to fill. <laughs> That's about it.
6: <laughs> Thanks, Brett. All right, buddy. Appreciate
3: it. Yeah. Uh, back in a moment to wrap things up uh, for this hour. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
6: Holding
2: our politicians' feet to the fire, no matter who they are. That's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
3: You know, we just talked about Anthony Fauci before and the president weighing in on him. He said, I didn't really listen to him much, but he's a nice guy. He's been there forever. Never really appointed him. I was stunned by this, which you put in my more to know packet today, Allison, that Simon & Schuster is putting in the finishing touches. They're not quite done yet. On Dr. Fauci, how a boy from Brooklyn became a doctor by Kate Mesner. It's going to come out June 29th. So finally, kids will have something to read because they don't go to school. They'll be able to get off their laptop unless they can download it. It's
15: their summer reading.
3: Right. Uh, Before Fauci was America's doctor, he was a kid with a million questions about everything from tropical fish in his bedroom to the things he was taught in Sunday school, she said. I'm hopeful that curious kids who read the book, those who are counting on uh, to solve tomorrow's scientific challenges, will see themselves in the pages of Dr. Fauci's story and set their goals just as high.
15: Yeah, they questioned everything except maybe the most basic things he was telling us throughout the pandemic. Like for like example, six, stay six feet apart. Don't wear a mask.
3: <laughs> wipe down everything that you own. And now six feet, three feet. I mean, I believe that the CDC wouldn't have changed policies if he wasn't asked that last Sunday on the Sunday shows.
15: I know. I mean, did he ask all of his questions? Like, does does he not have any more left? Why? Well, why? Why didn't he? Let ask me
3: that? ask you, The question is, does he listen to the answers? Well, because for me, I don't ever see I don't see him studying. I have a. If he ever comes on here again, we're not going to ask him on, so he's going to have to bowl his way in or be a caller. But I will ask him. I'm going to make up a study. You know, MIT came out with a report that turns out that the coronavirus, the best way to get rid of it is raid, uh, raid, uh, bug spray, or some type of hairspray. He'll be like, I've seen that study. And we're looking at all things like that. We're, we're look at the data on that.
15: And just to be clear, you will not use that tactic with any other guest ever.
3: I promise. Okay. I will. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, make sure to listen to me tonight at seven o'clock and all week on the Fox News channel. It'll be fun. And if you want to order any of my books, BrianKillmead.com, I can personalize and send out.
12: Listen to the all new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his All Star panel and much more. Available now at FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.